Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Steve Hirschfeld. Well, today's Tuesday, which is a special day because on Employment Matters, we have what's called Travel Tuesday, where every week we get a chance to dial in one of our members from around the globe to share with us some important information about doing business in their jurisdiction. And today, we're going to learn a little bit more about the great state of Tennessee. And I'm pleased to welcome to our show, Todd Fotopoulos from Butler Snow. Todd, thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, it's great to see you. And let's just get right in it. You know, a lot of folks outside the United States probably don't know much about your state. And if they look on the map, one of the things you'll see is it's like a really long state, which is kind of interesting, right? With a far east and a far west part of it. And maybe you could just tell folks, does that matter? Is there something about the state geographically or politically that would make a difference if I was, you know, doing business in Tennessee? Absolutely. No, that's a great question. So Tennessee is divided into three kind of distinct regions. The West region where I am in Memphis is more democratic leaning from a political standpoint. So a little bit more liberal. The middle of the state is, you know, where our, our capital is, the state, Nashville. And that's historically been a, a more Republican stronghold. And then as you move further east to the eastern region, where Knoxville is the largest city there, Knoxville, Chattanooga, and Johnson City, that's probably a little bit even more Republican or, or right-leaning. But I have to beg to differ with you. I think that people around the world know exactly where Tennessee is. And that's due, frankly, and I'm biased because I live in Memphis, to Elvis Presley, who just had his birthday celebrated. And, and so I feel like we're famous here. Todd, is, is Elvis still alive? That's a great question and subject to much debate. And I'll just leave it at that. Everyone can draw their own conclusion. And I apologize. I need to, I need to, I need to restate what I just said, because it's not his birthday. His birthday is actually January 8th. I know that because my daughter was born on January 8th, but his, his death week was last week. And so last week in Memphis, we had not only that, which draws an international crowd. I think this was his 47th official death week, if he is indeed dead, there have been sightings. But it was also, last week was in, in Memphis, the first step in the, in the FedEx Cup PGA Tour event. So that was that was held here. So we had a big week here in Memphis. But well, I do feel also, like everyone around the world knows about Memphis. So. Well, in Nashville, of course, everybody knows about the Nashville Sound. And on top of that, it's the apparently now the bachelorette capital of the world. Indeed. Uh, the party in the United States seems to be running through. I'm not sure why that is, other than Nashville's a great town. But this is a, the point you make about the politics of the state impact the employers at all in terms of how they do business? And if so, how? I think it does significantly, although it's, you know, across the entire state, we're extremely business friendly. I think that in the western part of the state, the judiciary, which, you know, on, in the state court system, tends to be a little bit more you know, left-leaning than it would be in the middle of the state and then on the, the right part of the state, the right end of the state or the eastern part of the state. That being said, we are a tremendously business-friendly you know, state altogether the entire, across the whole board. So we know, you know, obviously, Nashville is a music city. What other industries are sort of predominant in the state? Well, again, I'm going to beg to differ with you because you know, we have the blues, and rock and roll, the birthplace right, of rock and roll true. here in Memphis. And, and we'll give country music to our friends in Nashville. So all that being said, the entertainment industry is, is huge in 
all parts of our state, particularly in Memphis and in in Nashville. There are a lot of recording studios in, in both jurisdictions, and there's a, a growing film business in, in both locations. So, so there is a lot of that. Over here in West Tennessee, we have a lot of, of commerce outside of that. FedEx, Federal Express, FedEx was, was founded here. Fred Smith grew up here in Memphis, not too far from my office, and founded FedEx because this is where he lived, but also because we have some of the largest number of what we call blue sky days in the country. And so that means planes can come in and out and that set up well for his business venture. We also are the headquarters for international paper and auto zone. And then in Nashville, there's a huge healthcare segment. There's a healthcare segment here too in Memphis as well. So, so healthcare, transportation, logistics on top of entertainment are a lot of our primary industries. Are you seeing much in the way of global commerce in Tennessee, meaning companies, whether Europe, Asia, coming in and either only businesses or setting up operations? And if so, tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So one of the areas where we're growing here in the South and, and in Tennessee is in the automobile business and automobile manufacturers, international and local or domestic are starting to locate significant operations in Tennessee. And when that happens, that tends to attract a large number of OEM suppliers, for example, that want to come to the states and be closer to their business. So Volkswagen on the eastern part of the state would be an example of that. And so, you know, a lot of German businesses want to be close to that action. You know, here in the western part of the state, this is domestic, but we're starting to see some international tech suppliers coming. Blue Oval City is being formed by a Ford Motor Company just about 20 miles outside of Memphis. It's a $6 billion investment into this region to build a plant to manufacture all the Ford F-150 electric trucks. So that's a big, a big jolt to our economy, and it's attracting a lot of international attention as we're getting into the battery business and, and, and that sort of thing. So we're seeing a lot of that being attracted. That plus logistics, we're seeing a lot of, of people wanting to come to, quite frankly, into the Memphis market because they want to be by FedEx because they can ship things faster around the globe just by being based here where FedEx is, is headquartered and our, and our hub is headquartered. So besides the fact that you're in kind of a unique position physically where you are in America, right, coupled with the cost of living being obviously much more reasonable in the coast, is there also a union issue? At one time, I know you, you had some trade unions in the state, but are you a right-to-work state? And for those outside the United States, can you explain why that might be important to them if they're going to open a manufacturing plant, let's say, in Tennessee? Absolutely. So we are a right-to-work state. Historically, we've had a, a pretty low level of unionization across all industries. It, you know, and being a right-to-work state means that a union cannot come in and, and try and, and force all the employees as a, as a condition of employment to be a member. And so that does create a situation where employers, if they want to remain union-free, may have a better chance of accomplishing that in a location like Tennessee. Now, that being said, we have had some interesting labor experiences of, of recent importance. You know, Starbucks has had unionization issues here locally, and that's garnered some local attention. So there are union issues, and, and everyone is, is anticipating that with the relocation of some of the automobile manufacturers or the creation of plants here in Tennessee, that may attract you know, a, a renewed interest in unionization in the Tennessee market. But generally speaking, it is a place that's that's favorable to a direct relationship between management and its employees. 
So to wrap things up, you know, one of the issues that we employment lawyers, particularly around the U.S., have been dealing with since COVID is employees like deciding to work everywhere virtually, right? So we got tons of, you know, Bay Area, San Francisco tech employees living in your part of the country now, right? Or overseas. Are you seeing that much in terms of virtual workforces in your state? And if I was an out-of-state company, what would I want to know about that? Is there anything unique about Tennessee's labor employment laws that, that would concern me? That's a great question. So Tennessee... We have been blessed being here in middle America for a lot of people wanting to come to this part of the country. We have a a decent climate most of the year and favorable taxes and and cost of living. So we've we've had a high influx of people from all over the place wanting to work here remotely when they can. There's nothing significantly unique about Tennessee that would prohibit you from doing that. I mean, obviously, if you are an employer and you start to gain a presence, then you're going to want to register with the, with the Tennessee Secretary of State as an entity eligible to do business here in the state. That's more of an administrative function and would not be anything that, that should prohibit you. But be sure if you start like you would in any jurisdiction when you have employees scattered around the U.S. and or the world, you want to make sure you're in compliance with local laws. You want to make sure that your company is set up to do business. If you're not set to do business and something goes wrong, if there's a you know, litigation, for example, filed by an employee or somebody else, you know, perhaps a commercial breach of contract, something along those lines, if you haven't registered to do business, then it makes it difficult to appear and defend yourself in court. So that's something that you want to make sure that you're taking the appropriate steps to protect your organization. Well, Todd, this has been great. Really appreciate your time. If you want to get connected up with Todd, feel free to click on his bio which is right by his name in the description of this podcast. And I encourage our listeners to visit ELA.law to receive invitations to other upcoming webinars, download our white papers, and maybe most importantly, get free access to the ELA's Global Floor Handbook, which is a 50-state, 100-country compliance platform designed to provide employers with updated information on labor employment laws worldwide. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Steve Hirschfeld. Thanks so much for listening.